James Franklin is trash-talking his players, and the SEC announces it is still stinking filthy rich. I'm Ken McGuire. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more in today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the end of the week, everybody, and that means, yeah, it's been a while since we've had one of these, but it is Football Friday here on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. No, of course, we're not getting ready for our Penn State game this weekend, but we are getting ready for the conclusion of the NFL season, of course, with the Super Bowl. You've got the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs going up against Tom Brady and the NFC champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers down in Tampa. First time ever that we're having a team in the NFL host a Super Bowl in their stadium. They're not really hosting the Super Bowl, but they're playing the Super Bowl on their home field. It's pretty cool. It's kind of unfortunate, or maybe it's a coincidence, that Tom Brady is the first player to ever do that. But that's besides the point. I know a lot of people listening to this podcast are probably Steelers, Steelers fans or Eagles fans. Not really a whole lot of love for Tom Brady. Of course, a former Michigan Wolverine player so why would we give him a whole lot of respect here but yeah it's gonna be very fun to watch Uh, I'm gonna give you my official prediction at the end of this segment but first let me welcome you into today's episode of Locked on Nittany Lions it is Friday it is February 5th 2021 we are at the end of the first week of February which means we're gonna start the countdown for when the 2021 Penn State football season is tentatively supposed to start kicking off. So, yeah, starting on Saturday, we're going to start counting down the Saturdays until uh, kickoff is tentatively scheduled. Again, who knows what's going to happen with the upcoming season, but it's something to look forward to. It's something I do every year around this time of year, start to take a look to counting down uh, in my own way. So if you're interested in that, you can give me a follow on Twitter <laughs> at Kevin on CFB. Actually, check out my Instagram at uh, Instagram.com slash Kevin McGuire. We'll have some fun with that. And yeah, we'll do one specifically for Penn State if you follow us uh, on Instagram at LockedOnNittany. Before I uh, dive too far into those weeds, just a reminder that you can check out this podcast on all your favorite podcasting apps, of course, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, whatever you're using to listen to my voice right now, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And then, of course, leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're on. That really helps us out as we continue to try and grow the show, make it something you want to come back to, make it something you look forward to on a regular basis. Of course, we cannot do it without your feedback cannot do it without your support. So that goes a long way, and I could not uh, appreciate that any more than I already do. You can also stay socially connected with us. I already mentioned the Instagram, but you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Twitch, all using the same username of LockedOnNittany across all those platforms. So give us a follow, give us a like, retweet, all that good stuff, and that really helps us out. And of course, we like interacting with you as well. So that's just one way to stay connected. And of course, if you're watching a Twitch live stream with us as we're putting together the podcast, you can be a part of the podcast. You can submit your questions. You can submit your comments at any time, and I will work to try and get them into the podcast as I am recording it. I like to record the podcast and uh, walk you through the entire process. So you might even get a glimpse of what's to come. You get a sneak peek of the podcast as it's being produced. It's pretty cool. I'm having fun doing that. Hopefully you want to check that out as well. All right, so yeah, the uh, the final game of the NFL season coming up this weekend. We don't typically talk about the NFL right here, but it is very noteworthy that you have a handful of former Penn State players taking part in the game. You got players on both sides. So Penn State is guaranteed to add at least two Super Bowl champions to their list of uh, you know Penn State Super Bowl champions over the years. 
Of course, um, you've got Stephen Wisniewski with the Kansas City Chiefs uh, going for his third Super Bowl championship. He was on the Chiefs last year. He was on the Eagles a couple years ago, three years ago, actually. Three years and a day to the day. Uh, if you're an Eagles fan, you already know about that. And then, of course, uh, on the Tampa Bay roster, you've got Chris Godwin, of course, who's going to be, I, I think, the player of the game. <laughs> I'm calling it right now. I think he's going to make some really fun plays uh, to help the Bucs uh, have a chance to win this game. And, of course, Donovan Smith's going to be on the offensive line. So I, I uh, mis misstated something. You know, Penn State is not guaranteed to have multiple Super Bowl champions uh, because Stephen Wasuski is the only player on the Kansas City roster hailing from Penn State. But three players from Penn State are on that Tampa Bay roster including Chris Godwin, Donovan Smith. Uh, A.Q. Shipley is also on the roster, but of course he's on injured reserve, so he's not going to get a chance to play, but he will get a chance to get a ring, and that's pretty cool too. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this game all plays out. I'm actually looking forward to it. I, I'm going with Kansas City, I think, uh, because I've been thinking about it all week, and it would certainly not surprise me to see Tampa win this thing, especially since they're on their home field. There is an advantage to kind of being in your home territory, your home routine. Although I think for the Super Bowl, I would imagine that even though they're playing in their home stadium, they're taking things a little bit differently, kind of uh, treating it differently. And, of course, you've got the veteran, experienced, six-time Super Bowl champion at quarterback in Tom Brady. Uh, that is a nice little advantage. Even though Kansas City's got Patrick Mahomes, uh, I'm still looking for a very competent performance in the Super Bowl from Tom Brady. And yeah, I expect Chris Godwin to make some plays here. Uh, I, I fully expect that we're going to see Chris Godwin uh, catch two touchdown passes. That's what I'm going on record right now. Two touchdown passes for Chris Godwin. Um, yeah, I think he, that would uh, be pretty fun to see. I, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but I do think that would be really cool. Certainly, as far as a recruiting tool, you have a highlight of an NFL wide receiver making one touchdown catch in a Super Bowl. That's something that James Franklin and his staff can use as recruiting bulletin board material. Play it on the highlight reel in the football building whenever uh, players are allowed to come and take their tours. You show that highlight. You show uh, you know, Chris Godwin maybe holding up the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the day. Uh, that would be pretty cool. Uh, and I say that because... You know, it's a wide receiver. You know, obviously, if Donovan Smith wins it, that's awesome. You have multiple Super Bowl players, uh, Super Bowl champion players, hosting it, uh, hosting the Lombardi Trophy. That's a pretty cool image. You get a group shot at the end of the game. That's even better. But you know what? I just feel as though if you get a guy that can make a really signature highlight play, maybe for a score, maybe one that decides the game, that is incredible. It's an incredible opportunity. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so which way are you going on this game? I've already kind of tipped my hand. I'm going with Kansas City, and I've been looking at the lines on betonline.ag all week long before I try to make my official pick, and it has not moved. <laughs> betonline.ag, the best place I go for online sports betting, the best place you should go check out as well. They've had Kansas City as a three-point favorite pretty much the entire week. So I'm locking my pick in right now. I'm going with Kansas City. I'm going with Kansas City to get the cover. I do think it's a close game. Uh, and I might even go with the over at over 59. If you go on betaline.ag, over under at 59. I, I'm kind of liking the over. And I kind of like Kansas City to win in a high scoring back and forth kind of game. Because I do think this is a four point game, five point game. That's enough to get the cover on betaline.ag. If you're going with Kansas City, minus three that's where i'm going let me know where you're going as well but if you are new to betonline.ag make sure you sign up and use the promo code locked on you're going to get a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit so whatever your first deposit is 
They're going to give you 50% on top of that when you use the promo code locked on. And guess what? Unlike other sports gambling websites, there is no limit to what that 50% bonus is going to be. So if you put in $100 in your initial deposit, they will give you $50. You put in $200 on your initial deposit, they're going to give you $100. There's no limit on what that 50% bonus can be. You're not going to get that deal on any other sports gambling website. So that's why you have to go to betonline.ag. It's the best place to go making your sports bets. There's still time now to go sign up and use that promo code. Get your 50% welcome bonus. Make your pick for the game. Check out all the different prop bets as well. There's lots of good stuff there to keep you entertained for Sunday's big game. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. There's so many podcasts out there in podcast land, but if you're looking for one place to go to get your daily sports fix every day, break down all the biggest stories, look no further than locked on today. Peter Bukowski hosts the daily podcast, which breaks down the biggest stories with analysis from all of our local experts across the Locked On Podcast Network. So start your day with the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, while you're at it, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Nittany Lions and leave a rating and review for both podcasts. Really help us out as we continue to move forward. Speaking of moving forward, how about the SEC? You know, we obviously know that when it comes to conference revenue shares, The two big dogs in the hunt are the Big Ten and the SEC. And there is absolutely no sign of slowing down by either conference. Now, here's the thing. The SEC came out with their revenue numbers and got to say, the SEC still got a lot of cash on hand, right? Uh, There is every school in the SEC is making a really good revenue share. The report's coming out on Thursday evening that the SEC now has announced a $657.7 million in revenue for the 2019-2020 season. And that averages out to a little over $45.5 million per SEC school. Now, that doesn't include bowl revenue. This is just your straight conference revenue share. It comes from all the revenue you bring in from the NCAA, from your bowl alignments, and of course your your media markets, I'm sorry, your media packages. And of course the SEC has one of the best media packages out there, not only with the SEC network, which has really driven up their revenues, but of course their uh, relationship with ESPN. And of course they've got the CBS game of the week, a lot of stuff goes into the SEC revenue, and it all comes mostly from the, the media packages. And it's the same for the Big Ten. When the Big Ten came out with the Big Ten Network, that was a gigantic revenue resource for the Big Ten. The SEC followed suit, and the SEC Network has continued to, I, I think, outpaces the Big Ten in many regards as far as quality overall is concerned. But still, you're talking about uh, conference-branded cable outlets that are just revenue machines for both those schools and of course the big 10 has their media rights deals with espn and fox uh so that's why you're talking about two conferences that have some of the biggest names the biggest brand names alabama michigan penn state ohio state uh you know florida georgia these are the schools that are really going to drive up your revenues and uh, the Big Ten and the SEC have outpaced everybody else. The Big 12, the Pac-12, they lag so far behind. Now, I, I do think that revenue shares balance the game a little bit in favor of the Big 12 because the Big Two, the Big 12 revenue shares are not all that bad. Uh, the Big Ten and the SEC schools are still making way more, but 
because the Big 12 only has 10 teams to split revenue with, uh, they actually end up making out a pretty good deal. Not so much the case for the Pac-12. The ACC is weird because they do the revenue sharing uh, differently. You know, it's kind of um, not everybody's getting a straight even share, uh, more like you do in the SEC and the Big Ten. Uh, it's the same kind of case in the Big 12 as well. There's uh, you know distributions are a little bit different. Texas and Oklahoma are going to get more than Baylor and West Virginia, for example. Uh, in the ACC, I believe Clemson gets more than some of the other schools, Florida State. Uh, has as well. Uh, Notre Dame being in the conference this year as a football member might change things up a little bit as well. But we're talking strictly the 2019 to 2020 fiscal year. And I guess, I guess that ends on July 1st or at the end of June, or maybe it's June 1st. I, f- I forget which one it is, but that's the time frame you're talking about. So you are talking about a, a revenue stream that was impacted by the loss of uh, majority of conference tournaments in basketball. Uh, obviously, the, the NCAA tournament was not there, but the media rights deals you know, that were carrying you in 2019, you're talking about the 2019 college football season, not the 2020 college football season. So when these numbers continue to pour out for each of these conferences, keep that in mind. The the, the re- revenue shares are a little bit behind exactly where we are on the sports calendar right now. Now, if you're curious where the Big Ten is going to stand, we're going to have to wait a little bit of time because I believe the Big Ten is typically one of the last power conferences to come out with their revenue numbers. They don't come out with it quite as quickly as the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12. Uh, And I think the Pac-12 actually will come out before the Big Ten as well. Uh, But the Big Ten, we're going to have to wait probably another month or two before we get to those numbers. Uh, So what they do is USA Today is really good at this, actually. And I'm not just saying that, but I do feel like uh, they're very on top of the the tax returns uh, for these conferences. And that's where we're getting a lot of this information. Now, the conferences do come out and and let everybody know, especially if they have some big numbers to flaunt like the SEC does, just how much every school is getting. Uh, So the SEC actually announced this information themselves. This wasn't reported uh, by citing tax returns just yet. But uh, we may be waiting a little bit longer to get an idea of where the Big Ten is. And when those numbers do come out, I fully expect that the Big Ten is going to be uh, pretty much even with the SEC, might be slightly ahead, might be slightly under, but uh, the, the Big Ten typically does have a higher revenue share and a higher revenue than the SEC. As mighty as the SEC is when it comes to media deals, the Big Ten uh, typically will have a slight advantage um, you know, overall when those numbers do come out. So uh, sometimes there's a little back and forth, but I do think that the Big Ten is in a very solid point. So I do think that when those numbers come out, uh, the, the revenue share that a school like Penn State is going to be getting is going to be right in the same kind of boat of where these IC schools are, uh, might be slightly more. Uh, so we'll have to just wait and see. But again, uh, the Big Ten numbers generally won't come out for another month, maybe two months. So we're still here in the beginning of February. We're talking about mid-March, maybe late March uh, into April. By the, by the time the spring games come around, if they go on as scheduled, we should have a, a much firmer idea of where Big Ten schools like Penn State and Ohio State and, and Rutgers. And it, it, that's also important to know. I, I do believe that all, that uh, every member in the Big Ten is getting a full revenue distribution. So Maryland and Rutgers, they're the most recent additions to the conference. I think that they are eligible now for full revenue share. So that doesn't necessarily hurt the revenue share that Penn State will get. Uh, it might cut into it a, a little bit compared to where it may have been. But I do think that Rutgers and 
Maryland are now eligible. I could be wrong on that. I will double check that and I'll follow up with them that maybe next week. But uh, I know Nebraska is there and I think that Maryland and Rutgers are now eligible for that too. So we'll see how that all plays out. Obviously, you're talking about a 14-team uh, Big Ten conference, but there's also 14 teams in the SEC as well. So we're talking about some pretty even numbers. Bottom line is, they're going to far outpace anything that the ACC does, even with the ACC network. And, of course, the Big 12 and Pac-12 are going to be lagging behind, well behind, where the total revenue shares are for the Big 10 and, of course, the SEC. I do have some good news, though, for you, because we all know that anytime you have to buy something for your car or truck, it can be a little pricey and it's a little intimidating, but you don't need a big, gigantic revenue share from the SEC or the Big 10 or to hit it big on the market thanks to some tips from Reddit. You don't need that. If you're looking for a way to afford what you need for a car, all you have to do is go to rockauto.com. Rock Auto, they are the family business that's been online for 20 years, serving customers with all their auto parts needs, and they give you the best prices available. It doesn't matter if you're a professional or a complete novice or you know somebody who knows nothing about cars except for me. As long as you know what you're driving and you can enter it into the search bar on rockauto.com, you're good to go because all you have to do is enter the make and model of your car or your truck on rockauto.com it brings you up the entire catalog of everything they have available for that particular vehicle it makes the online shopping experience as simple and easy and straightforward as it can possibly be and of course like i said they're going to give you the best prices they possibly can that's why they've been doing this for so long because they know what it takes to make the car part buying process as easy and painful and stress-free as possible. They even have contactless delivery, which is all the rage these days. They are adapting with the game as needed. So if you want to go find everything that you need for your car, go to rockauto.com right now, enter the make and model of your car or truck, see everything that's available for you. Bookmark that as well so you have it as an easy resource whenever you do need it. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. You heard me talk about BetOnline.ag earlier. Well, make sure you're also checking out the Locked On Bets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, they're going to give you daily picks. They're going to give you quick hitting advice, and they're going to help you make the smartest possible wagers you possibly can. They're going to make you some money. That's the whole goal of the podcast, and they're hoping to do that for you this weekend. So make sure you check it out. Today is a great day to do that because you want to make sure you're making the best bets possible on the over-under, the point spread, the prop bets. They got you all covered over on Locked on Bets today. So subscribe to Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And again, as a reminder, make sure you subscribe to Locked on Nittany Lions as well. Leave us both some ratings and reviews. Let us both know how we're doing. We want to continue to grow these podcasts, make it something that you're interested in. And we know we've got a lot of new listeners lately, and we could not be happier about that. We want to make sure you keep coming back as well. So again, if you're a Penn State fan, you're just checking out Locked on Nittany Lions for the first time, welcome. I'm Ken McGuire, and now we're going to wrap up our podcast by just once again heaping praise on just how well James Franklin connects with his players using social media. If you follow the Penn State Twitter sphere, then you probably saw the little highlight video that Penn State's official football account put up uh, of all their newest players coming in in the class of 2021. We talked a little bit about that recruiting class yesterday, so go back and listen to that podcast. Uh, it's a very talented uh, re recruiting class that's coming in. And 
one of the reasons that they are so talented is because they play multiple sports. You know, we've talked about the wide receiver uh, who is potentially going to be a first round draft pick in the Major League Baseball draft later this summer. James Franklin's a little weary of that. He's kind of hoping that uh, the, uh, he gets a chance to keep that four-star wide receiver. However, you're talking about a lot of football players that are coming in that have some basketball experience. And that was the point of the highlight video that Penn State's football account put out on Twitter on Thursday with a lot of their new recruits hooping it up, showing what they can do on the hard court, uh, whether in a practice setting or actually in a game setting. And you're seeing a lot of dunks. You're seeing some you know, good physical basketball activity. And James Franklin retweets that video on his Twitter account, and he wonders if anyone's up for a pickup game. He tweets the, the, the basketball accounts at Penn State, the men's and women's team, uh, I think the coaches as well. And it just went off from there because players are coming at James Franklin, kind of challenging him. And James Franklin's going back at these players saying, you don't want none of this, basically. And that is it's just something that's pretty cool. Now, it's it's always kind of fun to see coaches and players interact. And when they do so with a little bit of a sense of humor, the way that James Franklin and a lot of these new players and some of the exist, uh, players at Rotary on campus were, it, it's really cool. And yeah, the ideas are floating around there. You know, maybe you get a chance to see coaches versus players and a little bit of a charity event. That'd be pretty cool. I would be up for that. And I do wonder, I do wonder how the, the Penn State football players would do up against the basketball players. I have to imagine the basketball team would wipe the floor with the football players. Let's let's just be honest here because, you know, even though if Penn State basketball is struggling at times, they're still basketball players. So they're going to do some things that these football players are probably uh, not quite accustomed to. They're, they're a little bit more polished on the hard court than these football players would be a little bit more graceful. Maybe, maybe they've got a better jump shot, but uh, you know, it'd be pretty fun to see. And I, I just feel as though uh, seeing James Franklin connect with his players using social media, the way that he has, it's not the first time he's done that. Yeah. You know, he has, he has gone out of his way to uh, you know, comment on a player doing something that he doesn't necessarily agree with and just kind of encouraging him to to get back in the classroom, uh, really, really study hard and, and do the right things. And he does so in in a fun fashion, but also there's a serious tone at times. And he really drives a message across social media very well, I think, with fans and more so with his players when he does this kind of stuff. And that's one of the reasons why James Franklin has been so successful in recruiting. Now, again, again, I know that Penn State is not quite on the same bar as Ohio State or Alabama. As we said in yesterday's podcast, not a lot of schools are. <laughs> Even schools that are pulling in really great classes, they're being outpaced by Ohio State and Alabama, respectively. But you get the idea. Since James Franklin has come in to be the head coach at Penn State, he has done a lot of good work in terms of relationship building and just driving energy through different social media channels. He gets it. He understands it. He understands the space way better than a lot of coaches out there. And I do think that it's becoming more normal for coaches to be interactive on Twitter and on Facebook and all that, those kinds of things. Instagram, we've seen coaches on TikTok, Snapchat. Um, you know, and I do think there is a benefit to being so socially interactive and socially connected because you have to know how to connect with players first and foremost, their family second, of course. And you know, it helps to be connected with fans as long as you can do so responsibly. And that's one of the things that I do think that James Franklin has done very well. You don't see James Franklin tweeting things that are going to get him in trouble or anything like that. 
And, and truthfully, you don't see a lot of coaches get into that kind of uh, shenanigans. Uh, but a coach like Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, he is not shy about poking the barrel at times. And you know, you don't see James Franklin quite do that. But I do think that you know, when James Franklin makes it a point to to have some fun, he's going to do so. And that's one of the reasons that I think he has been as successful as he has been uh, at Penn State because he just gets it. He, he just understands things that a lot of coaches maybe lag behind a little bit. And again, a lot of coaches are getting much more uh, improved with their sociability uh, online. Uh, but I do think that James Franklin should uh, get a lot of credit for being one of the ones that's at the forefront of this new age of technology that we are living. And he has embraced it. And that goes a long way in establishing yourself as a head coach that knows how to be serious, knows how to put in the hard work, knows how to execute a plan, but also can have some fun. And that was one of the things I really smiled about watching the, the Twitter <laughs> explode with football players and football coaches going back and forth with each other. A lot of fun. And it really kind of, uh, it, it, it kind of lightens the mood. And it, quite honestly, we all need to lighten up sometimes. And I think James Franklin and his players certainly did that Thursday afternoon. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. That does it for the week. It was so good to be back on a regular basis with you guys talking some Penn State football throughout the week. A lot of ground covered. We had National Signing Day. We've got the Super Bowl. And, of course, we have the return of EA Sports College Football. If you want to listen to the interviews with uh, Thor Nystrom from NBCSports.com and, and Roto World, we've got two-part episode, uh, two-part interview over the last couple of podcasts, if you can go back and check that out. Or if you want to check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. Uh, if you're a supporter there, I put up the full, uninterrupted, ad-free version of that interview as well. So you can go check that out in that fashion if you are so inclined. All right, so thank you once again for listening to today's episode, and thank you for hanging out all week with me on Locked on Nittany Lions. We are on all the major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com. However you're getting your podcast these days, we're probably on it. So make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Make sure you never miss a single episode. We're going to be here for you, and I'm so happy to bring in so many more new listeners and welcome you guys in to the podcast. Hopefully you're going to come back next week as well. You can also be socially connected with us in a variety of ways. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch, all using the same username of Locked on Nittany. So give us a follow on all those. Give us a retweet, like, all that good stuff. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. And you can also check me out on Instagram at Kevin McGuire. And, of course, as I mentioned, Patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. And you can check out my coverage on AthlonSports.com. Guys, have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe. Stay warm if you need to. And, of course, we'll be back next week. Kind of recapping everything that goes down in the Super Bowl. See what happens with the Penn Staters that are in the game. And, of course, we'll keep an eye on some of the other developments with a tight end coaching position still to be filled and whatever else may pop up. Thank you once again for listening. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you Monday.